So welcome to the Thunderstock Show version 2.0. I'm here joined with my neighbor, friend, special guest, and also podcast consulting uh, service provider, Nell Tice. <laughs> thanks for having me, Ross. Happy to be here. Hey, thanks for coming on. It's interesting to see how all these knobs and buttons and inputs and cables can come together and hopefully make a better podcast environment for listeners with clarity and I can actually get control of my voice it seems <laughs> it's funny how all these cables and all the knobs come together and create I think magic like audio magic the you have literally the best home setup that anybody could possibly have so if this isn't clear enough if this isn't working for anybody they're not listening to the right podcast the biggest mistake I've made, and I guess maybe it's more of a lesson, is that I have always tried to buy something one at a time a la carte, mm -hmm. as opposed to doing the entire studio at once. And it's actually been far more expensive doing it my way of mm -hmm. one at a time because things may not be compatible or you have in intense periods of loss of productivity. Or you just don't know how to use the shit in, yeah. in relation without having it in relation to the other components. So um, I actually used to own a Scarlet 2i2 before. Really? And I never used it once. And I think I threw it out before. <gasps> what? I bought it in 2018 for my oh, first show. <laughs> I had microphones that had the was it, DXR cables. DX, XLR. XLR cables. Um, I don't think I had a cloud lifter. I just had the XLR cables and I was like, why doesn't it fit into the Scarlet? Well, I mean, that should. I, I Scarlet Focusrite's uh, interfaces are, they have. And maybe, maybe it XLR wasn't even, inputs. maybe it wasn't even an XLR microphone. Maybe not. It maybe might it was not USB. have been. It was something else. But my, my point is, is I, I just bought, oh, I was like, I need a microphone. And then someone told me. I remember there was a mic. There was a, my first ever podcast with Zach Kelly in like October of eighteen. <laughs> we had the microphones set up, and we actually had the microphones set up in front of us for a while. Mm -hmm. And it was actually until until we did like an hour, hour and a half of podcasting, the the camera's internal microphone that picked us up. Mm -hmm. The microphones <laughs> did nothing. They were just like a terrible show, and it was on YouTube. Oh no, that's the most frustrating thing, but. I mean, if you're doing all of your checks, and obviously these things can happen during the production too, but that's why we're wearing headsets. We're monitoring everything. We're constantly watching to make sure everything is running properly. Obviously things can still happen, but that is the most frustrating thing when you've got a piece of equipment that you think is working is not actually working. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I got my Blue Yeti microphones and I was using those for my home office and... You know, I think they're not too bad for what they are, for what the cost is and all that. Yeah. And I just remember like not having a remarkable difference in the quality of sound. And I was like, what the heck is this? I invested a hundred and what, what were they? 180 bucks, 150 bucks. I, like yeah, I think so. Their, their quality isn't the best. No, it's not the best. They're, they're convenient. Yeah. They're USB microphones, so you can essentially just plug them in and go. Mm -hmm. You don't need the cloud lifter. You don't need the, the Claret or the Scarlet or whatever. And you can pop them in the center of a room and pick up everybody's voice. Mm, that's so, what they're helpful for. Yeah. And they're not bad. It's just there's better. And I thought that was the end-all, be-all missing component for my podcast. And I was just like, shit, it's a little bit better. <laughs> but, like, how much better is it really? Yeah, they're very dynamic. So you can really come at them with your voice from yeah. any angle and it'll pick it up. Which is great if that's what you're going for. But if you're going for, like, supreme clarity and quality, like, this is it. You've made it. And... For the most part, my show is for the average commuter that drives 10, 15 minutes to and from where they're going. Yeah. Um, and I have intentionally not been publishing content because I have wanted to nail this new setup. Mm -hmm. I just was like, you know what? I've got these boxes sitting in my basement. Like they're just staring at me. Just do it. <laughs> Climb the mountain, get over the hill and, yeah. and get it done. Well, I mean, I think that's, that's pretty much the, 
the name of the game in content creation, right? It's always like, don't think about it, just do it. Put the content out there. You have, you had enough to get set up and you've, you've been creating content. It's been great content and you constantly just improve and that's allowed over time. One of the most annoying things for people, I think when they're listening in their car is when the intro comes on, it's super, super loud. Mm. They have to turn their volume down and then all of a sudden the voices come in and they've got to turn the volume up because the levels aren't right. It's not matching. So there's that. So you can, you can create better quality content just by making those small changes too. So it's not even all about just having the perfect stuff all the time. That's such a great point because the, the analogy of having one silver bullet that will fix everything, which is what <laughs> I thought the blue Yeti microphones would do. It's more like hundreds of tiny little golden BBs. Yeah. And you just fix as many small micro things and you just make like iterative improvements over time and it gets way, way, way better. It's the only way that I've like, I'm telling you, it took me five years to get to this podcast setup. Yeah. And like, there's tons and tons of lessons I could go over as to why that is. But the number one lesson I think is I just thought I was smarter than the experts who already had content out there. So I just didn't listen to like the blogs and the reviews of people mm-hmm. giving you the whole spiel, mm-hmm. like the whole uh, setup. And I'm just like, you know what? And for a while I wasn't produ- producing content or I wasn't like, I didn't have control over my production or my editing. And then I hired Nell and then I eliminated that huge problem. Smart so, choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Plug for enticing media. Um, the main benefit or well, obviously there's many benefits, but a, a huge benefit that I in- incurred by hiring Nell was having the uh, ownership over my own content creation. Mm-hmm. Anyone can pull out their cell phone and do selfie mode and just like do a, like a selfie video recording and put something on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Like you can do that. But to have a degree of professionalism that's acceptable, suitable for my own, like for me, yeah. like, I'm not saying anyone who does that is wrong. I'm just saying that if you want to take it up a notch and you have want to take it to the next level, you probably need help getting there. Right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. With anything. I think that's true. I mean, for me as a, a video pro- producer, I I could very well just take my cell phone and take video and post it on YouTube which is fine Mm. if you're just looking to get the content out there. But I can't continue to do that because then people will associate that quality content with what I produce for them. Yes. So it doesn't make any sense to do that. So yeah, there's there's absolutely a space that you need to be in to continue upping the quality of what you're putting out there because people come to expect that from you. What they see is what they get is where their mindset is at. So if you if you've got better microphones, if you've got better cameras and people are watching that and they're considering hiring you, they can feel comfortable knowing that's probably what they're going to get. That's such a great point. When I started podcasting, it was a hobby that had to do with promoting regional mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. And I did that as just a pure passion project to help friends that were in the, the scene, the regional scene, trying to get to the UFC, trying to get noticed. So at that point in time, and I would say even five years ago, how technology has changed and become more accessible is just crazy. Oh my gosh. That's a whole other podcast probably. <laughs> we could but, talk forever about that. But it didn't matter, right? Because we were all cage right. fighters. So like us doing anything with a studio and video was just leagues and leagues above. And we probably did like 40 plus YouTube videos in the course of... I mean, on and off, year and a half, that podcast did. And we got like almost 3,000 downloads, which was fine. Yeah, that's great. Which was fine and and on YouTube. But like what I'm doing for the Thunderstock show and my my solopreneur brand, Thunderstock Marketing, is I'm giving all the lessons I've learned in the 10 plus years doing digital marketing. I'm giving my experience as a CMO for a private equity firm over seven companies Mm -hmm. and I'm giving that at a premium investment. So like, I'm not asking for like Patreon or I'm not like, it's, 
I'm not doing it for the same purpose. Like this is a reflection of me as a professional and not me as a, uh, wannabe Joe Rogan, like <laughs> amateur cage fighter, uh, podcaster. So to your point, like I needed to level up. I hired Nell. Um, the process was, was pretty straightforward. She like audited what my goals were and what I've already done before. And then she asked me a lot of questions and took a lot of notes and then kind of came up with some suggestions shortly thereafter. And we kind of had like a roadmap and plan for 90 days. And by the end of it, come hell or high water, she was going to make sure that I was able to do it on my own. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what I needed at the time. And it was, it was a really useful service. And I think if a lot of business owners are honest, that's what they need. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's so many times when, you know, we have these great ideas and that's what we do as business owners, right? I mean, we come up with the ideas. We had the idea to start the business, but where do we start to execute the idea? So if there's something that you know you should be doing in your business, like starting a podcast, you want to do it, you want to be sitting here recording, but how do you get to this point? That's what people need. I need that for things in my business. And I could spend hours upon hours researching what I need to do, how I should do it, the checklists that I need and who I need to talk to and everything. Or I could just say, hey, help me set this up so I can be right here where I want to be. I think that's spot on. When I hired Nell, it was, I have a concept and I said, I have a budget. She Mm -hmm. goes, cool. We'll work with your budget. But within 90 days, that concept became a finished product Mm -hmm. that she could hand off and I could run with. And then since then it's how we improve that, you know, Mm -hmm. which everyone's always learning, improving, but like for, for doing fractional CMO work, having people like Nell, in my Rolodex that I can call up that I know for this specific use case and issue who to call that can solve the problem, who can do it for like a price that fits a budget and who can do it reliably in the timeline is a, is such a valuable component of a strategy that I would create. And people would hire me to, you know, like Nell, Nell does such an awesome job with video audio production editing, consulting, all the things around that I am where I come in is like, I just know people like now I know now and people <laughs> like her. So I'm good at putting the, the other, those pieces and knowing what should be priority when, where, and how, mm-hmm. and then letting the nails of the world shine like as part of the bigger picture that I helped to create. So it's really a, a fun relationship, like working relationship. Um, because I wouldn't be able to serve clients nearly as well without the Nell's of the world. And like, I'm sure Nell probably would like me to bring her clients. So like it works out. That doesn't suck the idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think that there's such this illusion that business owners should be all things mm-hmm. within their business. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, we're all different as human beings. We all have different skill sets. So why would we as business owners be expected to be any different than that? So just because I have this idea and I decided to start the business doesn't mean that we'll use video production as an an example here. So I'm good at video production. I can edit. I can go film for you. I can tell a story. I can do all of that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm really good at accounting. I didn't sign up to be in business so that I could do accounting all the time. That's not what I'm doing this for. So if I can find a place that I can outsource to, to help me do that, to help me be successful in my business and help them be successful in their business, because that's what they do. That's what they're good at. Why wouldn't we do that? It's 2023. We don't gatekeep anymore. No. Business owners. Not a thing. <laughs> collabor- I think we collaborate more than compete with one another. Yeah. And it's just choosing a circle and, and identifying a network that you can collaborate with to create mm-hmm. the final finished product that serves your clients, their customers um, as well as possible. I define serving them well as being like, you know, is it is it really what they need? Is it customized to them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, there's no more one size fits all. Everyone gets SEO for 300 bucks a month. Everyone's gonna be top of Google. Trust me, I got you know blah blah blah. All your keywords will be ranked at the top for 300 bucks a month. Like that's BS. Yeah. Like that's not how you win business today in 2023. 
Yeah, it can't be one size fits all because not all businesses are one size fits all. Every single business is different. And I think the profitability and success of a business is on identifying who they are, their brand identity and their core values. It's, yeah, that that's part of it. But like, it, it's who is your ideal customer? Mm-hmm. How do you find them? How do you relate to them? And how do you serve them profitably for them and for you? Right. And like, it's always that game, right? Yeah. You just keep playing that game and you just get better at it. Yeah. I mean, we were just talking about this earlier. We are in positions now where we can choose who we want to work with. We're not in a position at a corporate company where we're told you are taking over this account. This is your customer. Even though you're not the best fit for that customer, maybe the customer is not the best fit for you. It's never going to work. And that doesn't help the business in any way. But we are now in positions where we can choose who our ideal customer is and work with them for the reasons that we choose to. And that helps everyone. And I want the customers to have that same uh, choosiness too. Right. Absolutely. You should totally do that as a customer. So as far as audio, video in 2023 and beyond. I know that you have some speaking events that you're doing and you've been super busy with expanding upon a radio show. Your business has been growing this year. I mean, you're in your second year or third year? Technically my second full-time year. And when's your starting anniversary? Like when will be end of second going into third? Uh, It'll be November, this coming November, yeah. And right now we're in July. Yeah. So you're approaching the end of your second year in business. How would how is the end of your second year different than the end of your first year? Oh my gosh. I mean, I if we're going to talk numbers, I am we're going to more than double. Holy. Where we were um obviously when we started but even from last year. When we started in November um of 2020, it well, yeah, I guess this is technically, yeah, third year. Because we started in, in November of 2020. And it, it started as just like a, all right, we're in COVID right now. I take photos. I do videos. May as well just start a business. Yeah. We've got extra time. We'll figure this out. Right. And I wasn't really setting out to do any jobs. Were you still with your old, like, yeah, you were still yeah. fully employed W-2. Still fully employed yeah. W-2. This is before you stepped out 100% on your own. Yes, yeah. Okay. I So November 2020, we started the business. I worked fully until the end of 2021. And Holy crap. Yeah. So you did 13 months mm-hmm. of doing both. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't, we didn't really focus a ton on the business mm. at the time until I decided to walk into work one day and say, I quit without a plan. So <laughs> <laughs> then all of a sudden priorities change. You force yourself to do it. Yeah. You yeah. throw yourself into a position and I'm not saying this is the best way for everyone. And I don't necessarily. It's your way. It. it was the way that worked for me and mm-hmm. us. And because it, it forced me into a position where I don't have a choice to give up because if I was going to make this work, if this is going to be our life, there's literally no other way than to make it work. So end of 2021 was when I left and went full time at the beginning of 2022. And we're in July of 23 and you said you've Mm -hmm. doubled from, yeah, we're going to double more than double this year. It's crazy. I was at lunch. So one thing about, working with, uh, you know, co-marketing agencies or vendors, whatever friends that are also in the biz is sometimes when you work remotely and you don't see people, you're like, Hey, (laughs) do you need a people at all this week? Like, yeah, I could really use some like sunlight kind of thing. It's so great because we're literally in the same neighborhood, but like across a main street from each other and didn't even know it. Yeah. So I was like, Hey, I think I could also people. And uh, what I mean by that is, you know, let's do let's do lunch and just talk about business like yep. we would do, you know, whether it's texting or emailing or whatever, Zoom, but like in person. And I, 2023 is so weird. So we do lunch and I meet my uh, my uncle-in-law. And I knew that he was a, a successful solopreneur. Mm-hmm. 
but we were kind of talking about business, like where we're at in the stage. And, and I'm almost at my end of my first year in business. I'll be there October. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm, I'm nine months in business. Yeah. And <laughs> he was telling me that his, his business that he's been doing for, I don't know how many years, but plenty of years and just doing great. Mm-hmm. He was like, I was going through a divorce with four children and I only made 28 K mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he goes, I don't know how the hell I made it through, mm-hmm. but it's like, okay. So there are people that are where I want to be who have had it way freaking worse and harder yeah. and have still pulled out and made it out on the other side. And it's just like, it's the price you pay yeah, to play the game. Absolutely. It all comes with sacrifice. You can't do, you, you don't just fall into the lap of success. You have to work for it. And I don't, and see, I'm not super, super into the exact numbers because I'm, Yeah. this is, again, I'm the creative side of the business. My husband does all the number stuff and he's still working his full-time job. But I know just from looking at things because I know enough to know that will double. <laughs> but I mean, I started doing this full-time at zero. I had one client who's a realtor in Lebanon. And I mean, we all know real estate goes through seasons. And mm-hmm. so January one, he wasn't really selling a lot of houses. I wasn't doing a lot of photos for him at the time. Yeah. So my one client wasn't even active at that point. So literally zero. And I was paying a business coach. <laughs> so negative. I was in, yeah, I was in the negative for a while, for months I was in the negative. And then when you start, and that's the other thing, you're constantly working, 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 and you're not seeing any return, no results. You're just getting no's constantly. It's so easy to give up and say, this isn't working because you've been trying it for three months out of your life because what's three months? Seriously? What is three months? What is three months? (laughs) It takes a baby over three times that to even be created. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at it like that, you keep going, keep going. And then all of a sudden it's like the hammer drops. You get one client and then you get another one and then you get another one and it just starts a snowball effect. And then you, you fall into that word of mouth advertising, which is so incredibly underrated. It's so underrated. I mean, we want to do Google ads and Facebook ads and all yeah, this stuff. I mean, you need to get your awareness out there mm-hmm. and you need to, you need to do the things, but if you want to have a force multiplier beyond your wildest dreams of how to grow your business, it's you get happy customers and you get happy. Oh you, you make a, you do a good job for people and they tell the people you do a good job. Yeah. I mean, I just had, I had a client, my first ever, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My second client ever to lose and her contract expired. And she said to me, look, I loved working with you. She said, I'm just consolidating everything in house now. And she said, it's, I I absolutely, I'm really like sad that I'm not continuing to use you. She said, I don't, whatever I can do for you to help you in your business. She said, every single person that comes to me, I'm just going to refer them to you. And I was like, great. That's what you want to hear. That's the best thing that you can do for Mm -hmm. me. So, you know, there's that too. You can't just go and continue thinking that you're going to have these clients and the same clients forever. And it's all going to be sunshine and rainbows, but the, even if a client decides not to renew their contract or they decide to cancel, I mean, never, ever burn a bridge. Never. I mean, the way I look at it is if someone's willing to pay me, then I'm willing to do anything I can to serve their business. Of course. Yeah. You know, within reason, within the law abiding, oh, yeah. you know, boundaries and <laughs> law abiding boundaries. <laughs> but like, as long as it's not illegal. Yeah. As like, for the record. <laughs> My job is to help their business, not hurt someone's business. Right. And, you know, if someone feels like I didn't do my job, well, my goal is to make it right. You know, okay, yeah. well, tell me what. Help tell, me help you. Yeah. And because we're all learning, right? And I think that's one of the nice things about having niche consultants in like the marketing industry is that like a lot of people play to zero when they're employees. Mm-hmm. And oh, that yeah. means like, what do I have to do to not get fired? Like, mm-hmm. what's the bare minimum? And as a consultant, like, I don't care as much if I get fired because I don't have one employer. 
Right. Like, I, I would say that most people should, like when you said before, you had one client, if it's slow, like you're slow. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't care if I get fired. It's that I want to do such a good job that I want to be busier than I'll ever be able to be. Yes. Because what we do is like when you work for a W2, like a, like a corporation, they simply say like a good job gets punished by doing more work than you're paid for. <laughs> but when you are self-employed and you do a good job, the punishment doesn't happen. You just compounds your revenue. Right. You just get more clients. <laughs> there is no punishment. So for I, that. I want the, I want the reward of doing a good job. Right. Um, that's my philosophy on it. I don't know. <laughs> but to your point about referrals, um, would you say that's been the number one way your business has grown yes. in the last you know year over year? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, growing your network has been absolutely essential. It's, and I wouldn't necessarily say going to all of the networking events and doing all of that was it. When I say growing your network, I'm saying say yes to every conversation. If someone decides that you should connect with somebody else on Facebook Messenger, send them your Calendly link. Like, hey, I don't know how we can work together, but let's have a chat. Hey, you look like you're, you know, similarly into something. Let's talk. There's no reason why we can't all at least attempt to connect. Right. And create something out of that. That's the beauty of podcasting. I had... uh, Someone contacted me because they found my podcast on Listen Notes. And she said, oh, I was looking at you know, your audience and what you're about and listening to some episodes. And she said, I think I'd be a really great guest on your podcast. And I said, cool. I was like, let's come on. So we did our, our thing and recorded. And at the end of the recording, she mentioned something about her own podcast and not being able to figure something out with the... I think, oh, she was doing a collaboration of like three different interviews. She said, I'm not sure, really sure how to do it. And I was like, well, why don't you let me help you? I like, this is what I do. And it was all video. It was great. And so she was like, okay, so give me a price. And I did. And she is now a repeat client. She's not necessarily like, like constant, like she's not on retainer. But she comes back to me when she needs something with her podcast. So just have the conversations. And you don't you don't know who she knows. She knows somebody that could work well with me. I know it we're all connected somehow. Yeah, that's an, that's like that's so wild that, that came to be. I mean, yeah. it's just um I saw a quote that was like luck is not a a, a single point. Mm-hmm. It's like a net. So like mm-hmm. you need to catch luck. Yeah. Like you don't, it just doesn't happen like getting struck by lightning. It's like going fishing more or less. Yeah. So when you do those opportunities, you have those conversations, you go on those podcasts, you do the repetitions, like it, the compounding effect mm-hmm. of what you do, cast a wider and wider net so that you can obtain quote unquote luck. But I like to use luck in the definition of opportunity meets preparation. That's what luck happens. I was just going to say, I never use the word luck. Yeah. I use I, if I'm looking at the net, I'm thinking it's a net of opportunities. Yeah. Because they're there for the taking or they're not. Yeah. You can choose to let them go. And it's when you continue that repetition and, and all of that, I mean, it is it really isn't luck. It's just, com- yeah, it's compounding. And at some point, if you throw enough spaghetti noodles against the wall, <laughs> one will stick. <laughs> no, I mean... <laughs> And that's just, you're in your second year. Yeah. Right? So like, what would happen if your business doubled each year for another three years? <laughs> right? But like, a lot of trips to take. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's what you have to think about kind of yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Because the, inevitably, when you c- continually uh, increase your skill set and you increase your network and your work becomes more known and becomes more effective through mm-hmm. the compounding of... Um, you know, hard work over time, refining all these things like to start to compound and and increase in value and increase in service area. Mm-hmm. You got to be prepared for like the upside. Oh yeah, and, like, that was the hardest part for me when I stepped out on my own. Uh, the first like I mean shit, it's been f- very close to four years. No, it has been four years. 
on July, on like June 10th. Okay. It would have been four years that I was like, Hey, I am, I'm doing this so well. Wow. Now I, I, I took a, like, I didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> like, and I had no net. Mm-hmm. I just had savings. Yeah. And a mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> all the things. But shoot. Anyway, the long story short is like for so long, nothing was happening. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden everything was happening. And like, it was much more manageable to do life when nothing was happening. Yeah. But then when everything was happening, the, there's all these unknowns smacking you in the face because you're not even looking. You don't even think to look. Yeah. So how do you, enough about me, how do you plan to predictably and like grow in a healthy way? So like, what are you doing now differently this year to, to do that double the workload, like to do the double revenue? I'm outsourcing. Okay. I'm definitely outsourcing. You have to delegate. And because one person, I love this quote, you can do anything. You can't do everything. Shit. I said that yesterday (laughs) on Facebook. I mean, but yeah, it's, it's true as one person. And look, I don't, I don't have kids. Yeah. I don't have a ton of family in the area, so I don't have a lot of, like, I don't want to call it personal baggage, but I don't have a lot of personal life Distractions. Yeah, distractions. I don't have a lot of that going on. Yeah. You know, I have a husband, and we have a YouTube channel. We want to travel and do more of that, and that's pretty much, like, the thing that I worry about the most is, you know, I want to keep that going because this is the why. That's the whole Mm. point of doing this. And I want to make sure that never falls out of the line of sight. But I, and it's hard to outsource and it's hard to delegate when the numbers aren't where you think they should be to mm. warrant that. So, and I just talked to, um, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like in, in the mastermind group that, um, that I'm in, we just talked about this the other day and how you need to, you need to start doing that before you need it because when you need it, you're, you're already, yeah, it's too late. You're already stressed out. You don't have time to train somebody on doing something and you need to get the work done and you're in over your head. You're stressed out. You have no personal life and I'm not trying to get to that point. Mm -hmm. So I hired a VA. I have two editors that work with me and I, I do see other areas where I could probably outsource more because as business continues to grow, and that's a thing about loving what I'm doing too. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to not, at least at this point, not be in the business somewhat because I do love it and I don't want to give up all of it. But my time is now free to take on more jobs and create that revenue and have all of the stuff coming in and all of the opportunities and build the network. The reason why I'm here today being able to record this podcast is because I have another editor working on a big project right now. Otherwise, I'd be saying, thanks for the invite, Ross, but I can't come to your podcast recording today because I need to edit. Hmm. Because I've got something due tomorrow. Well, that's like, I'm going to go back to the quote you mentioned. So I made a Facebook post yesterday. Yesterday was a wild day. I had an old friend from college reach out to me, offer me a position as like an assistant wrestling coach. Oh, wow. And I went to school with my dream job being a wrestling coach. Oh. Like I was going to be a teacher as a means to being like a facilitating and being a wrestling coach. Because like that was my... you know, my role models growing up, people that would really help me come of age. And I just mm-hmm. want to give back. And like, I really wanted to coach. And I, I'm a coach now, but not necessarily wrestling. Yeah. And I just, you know, it's with the right program. It's with the right head coach. They have the right principles. Everything was right. Mm-hmm. Timing wasn't right. I got, I have the, the time slots that they would need me pretty much darn near every day. My mm-hmm. child needs me. Yeah. And it's not going to be many years when she doesn't need me. Yeah. You know? And uh, I can wait for the time when she doesn't need me and she gets sick of me and I just become embarrassing all the time. When you're not cool anymore. <laughs> so that's why I, you know, I put this quote in this like long drawn out post, which I guess was confusing because someone thought I retired from business and being a stay at home dad full time. I think I saw that post. I didn't think you were tired. Yeah. I did. That's not how I read it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the problem with writing is you have to read what someone writes. Yeah. Like not just cherry pick it. Yeah. 
So anyway, that <laughs> that BS aside, um, <laughs> I do want to do that, but with time, you have to prioritize things. And like you said, if it's a higher leverage ac- activity for you to go out and do a podcast and hopefully build your networking, do more media, and get more reps in podcasting, doing peer to peer, you know, it's good to have it. Like providing jobs for people is really like that's a good thing. That's a great thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's cool when, especially you're in the business of people loving their jobs Yeah. in the creative space. I mean, any editor that I've ever come across absolutely loves what they do and they want more of it. So I'm in this unique position where people come to me and are like, do you have anything for me right now? Because I really want something I want. I don't want to drive for Uber this month. I want to do this instead. Yeah. And, you know, because they're just trying to make it work like we all are. And the thing is, is that if I took all of this stuff on myself, I'd be in a great space. I'd be in a great space. But I couldn't do anything with it. Then I wouldn't have the time. Or the emotional or or energy to do it. I'd be a shell of a person. But yeah, I mean, you literally can do anything, but you can't do everything. So, you know, even though you want to keep a lot of the earnings for yourself, you gotta, you gotta shell out to make it work now so that you can make it work even more in the future. It's crazy. Like it's just crazy to reflect at how you've learned that lesson from year one to year two, right? You think that by being more focused on profit and be more focused on, you know, productivity, like you might've done more actual hours of work year one, but you've grown your business year two. And it's just like, okay, sometimes yeah. less is more. Like mm-hmm. you have to pick your shots and you, like save your energy for the highest leverage activities that you can do. Right. And then find somebody else to do the highest leverage activities that they can do. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's awesome. Well, it's, it's hard. It's really hard now because after that first year and people that aren't in business – or aren't entrepreneurs don't understand reinvesting. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> now to me, and that's the biggest lesson that I learned over year one was, yeah, I could keep all the profits. I could, you know, I could be a freelancer for the rest of my life if I wanted to be and, and do that. But that's not how I, I learned to see it. And I attribute a lot of this to the circle that I have and the people that I surround myself with, because if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have this mindset mm-hmm. to be totally honest. And in order to grow your business to a place where you can be ultra successful and do what you want to do, which I equate that with being ultra successful, you have to reinvest mm. in the business. And I friends, family, they don't really understand. They, they'll all say, Hey, we thought that you were doing this so that you could travel more. And then that maybe by year two, you'd be able to go on this cruise with us. So you've been working so hard at this. Why can't you do that? And I'm like, because I chose to take my earnings from this project and hire somebody with it so that five years from now, I can take a cruise that you guys couldn't even dream of. That's why. I, I think if you call this your third year in business, if you call 2020, I think the biggest step, like if you say between year one and two officially, mm-hmm. was that you've learned to delegate and elevate and like, you know, get help and hire the right people. Mm-hmm. I think the lesson from year zero to year one was you got to be all in. Yeah. You know, when you, when you were really like, you know, I got to bet on myself and not have this day job as a backup. Mm-hmm as a just in case. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I hate to say it, but the side hustle thing, I mean, and there's great programs and people will always make it work, which is fantastic. And you probably should make it work like that for a while to be more financially responsible. But like I said, I don't have kids or anything. We did have savings and the whole nine yards and my husband still works. So I've got that cushion. We'll call it. But if you are not truly all in, it's never going to work. And for me, all in meant leaving the job, putting all of the focus, all of the time, all of the energy into it. And that's how it worked for me. I love that. 
Um, well, I will say that you can't be half pregnant. <laughs> you're either you're either all in or you're not. No, I, I've never I've never heard of a success story from being half, half pregnant. Yeah. Um, I just I can totally relate. Like every time that I've wanted to be an entrepreneur while I was a W two employee, I look back. I was like, I was just a entrepreneur. Oh, I love like, that term. I just wanted to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. But I didn't want it as much because you can't do everything. Mm-hmm. You, but you can't. I didn't. I tried to do everything and I didn't really get far in anything. Like I got far enough in my career that I needed to do. And then my business, like I just read a lot of books and took some notes and and took a couple steps, but not anything meaningful. And I think the biggest step for me was in 2019 when I, I just put it out there and I was like, I'm going to do this. I did take like a, an interim marketing agency job for like 90 days. Mm Mm-hmm. And in that time period, I worked 40 hours a week for them. I worked 20 hours a week building my other business and 20 hours a week or 15 doing like real estate school. Mm. So it was about 80 hours a week, um, 6 a.m. to 9 or 10 p.m. every day. Yeah. And I will say that the biggest lesson I learned then is like it's not sustainable yeah. to do that. So you got you to gotta, you gotta pick, right? So you got to do enough of things that you can have the full confidence to choose. Mm-hmm. Like once you choose, you should choose. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, if you think about, look at the wheel on a bike. I'm I'm hoping this analogy will work. Yeah. But if you look at a wheel, and you see all the different spokes that come out, and you you have all of these different things that you're focusing on at one time, the little spokes are coming out from like all of the spaces on the circle on the wheel, but they're not going very far. They're just all sticking out. Mm-hmm. But if you if you choose to focus on one or two things at a time, there's only two places you can go. And that's upwards and outwards on the wheel. Instead of going dispersing everything yeah. in every direction, you just Yeah, and taking the up direction. all the space on the wheel. You choose the direction and you go. Like when I had someone to say, and this is just a thought I had over the weekend. Someone's like, so do you do your marketing thing full time? And then you're like real estate thing on the side. And I was like, I mean, really the way it works is that I help people that are either currently or want to be business owners buy, build and sell or buy, build and grow their business. Mm-hmm. And I've been working on that kind of mission statement for a while. And mm-hmm. you're like, what do you mean? I was like, okay, for example, a buddy of mine's been in the restaurant industry for 20 years. He wants to buy a restaurant. Okay, well, step one in, in becoming a business owner before I become your marketing consultant is you need to own a restaurant. Yeah. So as a licensed real estate agent who has a you know 50 years in their family uh, experience of commercial, not me directly, but like I grew up in the industry, mm-hmm. like I can do commercial real estate. I can find you a restaurant. I right. can negotiate. I can get that in your possession. So that you go from a entrepreneur to an entrepreneur, and once you're on, once you're at that stage where you bought the business and bought the real estate, now we can get going. I can right. help you get customers, help you get employees, things like that. And I told that to, to my buddy, and he goes, and he, we had a couple beers, and he's like, "Damn, <laughs> you can make a lot of bank doing that, can't you?" And I was like, "Yeah, it takes a lot of time. Yeah, like it takes a lot of time before you start quote unquote making a lot of bank." <laughs> but the way I look at it is like I can serve people pretty heavy. Yeah, you know I. I had a conversation, just a buddy of mine had a birthday on last Friday. And like, this is what you were saying about having the flexibility to, you know, call your shots. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I want to introduce you to a family friend who, you know, has been in your industry for 20 plus years and who has bought and sold a business in your industry. And mm-hmm. I want to introduce you to him and have him tell you his story. And he sent me a text last night, like before I went to bed, just like huge. And he never, he's not a long text or he's like mm-hmm. a couple sentences just thanking me profusely and how great of an experience it was. And I'm like, there's no transaction there, Mm -hmm. but like I am introducing you to entrepreneurship if that's what you want to do. Right. And like now he's like creating business plans, like has this action item list. Like that's what I do. Yeah. That like to me, that's my job. I don't get paid for that. Right. But if I do that activity long enough, like eventually I'm going to help people to buy businesses, buy real estate, uh, appreciate that real estate portfolio, appreciate that business right. portfolio right. and then either sell it, keep buying, keep growing. Yeah. Like that's what I do. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of 
sometimes what's really misunderstood about entrepreneurship is that the exchange of value doesn't always mean the exchange of money. Yeah. Value is not always money. When you say, when you tell people what you do and somebody were to say, do you get paid for that? And you would say no. They, their response would be like, you have multiple heads. Like what? Yeah. You do something that you don't get paid for? Yeah. But that's that's not always the case. Yeah, that comes in time with a service exchange yeah. and things like that or a product that you offer. But a lot of times the value that is exchanged is not monetary. No, you have to do so much value up front for the other person yeah. before you get paid with money. Yeah. And like that's what people don't understand about it. It's like <clears throat> I work not to exchange my time for money. I work to exchange my time to build things of value that I can bring to market. Right. And then the market dictates whether or not I get paid. And the better, the more uh, projects, the more services, or the better I get at doing what I do, the more the market will reward us. As you've seen in your business, as I've mm-hmm. seen in my business, like um, I've had to develop as a as a my personality as a character. Like I've had more character development mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. I think entrepreneurship, more than any activity, develops who people are as as a person. Oh my gosh, yes. So like as a if people want to go on like self help or you know personal development journeys. It's like start your own business and don't rely on a paycheck and then see how that fucking works. Cause you will learn. Yeah. Oh, you will learn. I saw something the other day about, you know, I think it was a mutual friend of ours. She posted on Facebook about sending kids over to Europe to travel on their own for a few months instead of going to college. You'll get an education there. And I'm not talking about luxury travel. I'm like taking hostels, put your backpack on, yeah, and hop on over. No plan, no place, nothing. You'll get an education real quick. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing. Like, you have to become a person a person worthy of success before you're successful. Yeah, like you have to do the activities that that attract success before you just get money. Yeah, like. I don't know. I didn't know anything about finance before 2019. And now that's all I do is like Mm -hmm. learn about how financial systems work and banking and how it interplays with all sorts of business and Mm -hmm. things like that. It's like, okay, well that's a skill I didn't have that I've, you just learn. right? Right. Right. And like, I respect anyone that follows their purpose or their passion or whatever, but I have, a different level of respect for people that bet 100% on themselves, whether that's chasing a a sports dream or Mm -hmm. being an actor or being, you know, like my brother, for example, had a very low probability of being a tenured professor, Mm -hmm. just turned 30. He's on tenure track. 30. Wow. And well, wait, maybe he's 31, 30. Still. He's 31. Yeah. And he has peers that are almost 40 that aren't there. Wow. And, but like the point I'm not, bragging on my brother but my point is is just like he committed to this in fifth grade Mm -hmm. yeah you know that's amazing yeah there's something to be said for the people that that do go 100 percent all in on something and it's the other thing to realize is that it's okay to change what that is yeah and i just personally when i was in third grade i was what like eight years old and i decided that i wanted to be a meteorologist on the weather channel Mm -hmm. so from that point in time up until i was 20 i think when i left college up until i was 20 years old i studied meteorology and i worked towards that and then of course college like you know personal life you're going out you're going to all the parties and things like that meteorology kids can't do that because you know you're you're just studying all the time and i didn't want to commit to that lifestyle right so i decided that i was going to change my major and and do all that and i remember at the time thinking this is who i am this is how people know me they know me as the girl that just wanted to be a meteorologist all of her life, went away to college, and the next time they see me, they'll see me on TV. Mm. So how do I tell people that that dream has changed? That I no longer have a dream, and I don't know what I want to do, but I know it's not this. How do I overcome that 
that feeling of what was failure. Your answer? How did you, how did you? So I think at the time I used what a lot of kids say is, yeah, I just, school isn't for me and I'm just figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I went and worked in restaurants and I had a blast that time period in my life. I'm really glad I did what I did. I learned a lot mm-hmm. during that time, had a ton of fun. I moved out on my own during that time period, learned so much then, met my now husband, changed my life. So it's okay to just figure it out too. I think we're all figuring it out. And that people, yeah. people that aren't, that say that we're not in a state of always figuring it out, I think are just selling you bullshit. Like they're trying to convince you of something like it's it's their best interest versus the truth. Yeah. Because I believe like as a marketer, I'm just doing like the science of like sales generating activity. But the scientific method is you test, you have you have guesses, you test them. Yes. And what I love working about entrepreneur with working with business owners and entrepreneurs so much is that they're in the same position that I am. And I always thought that just because you owned a business and you did something for a living, that meant that you were an absolute expert at it. And you are. But there will always be people that know less than you, and there will always be people that know more than you. So I feel better knowing that I'm in the same position, that we're all just figuring it out. No one has it all figured out. And that, I think when you can realize and recognize that, you will be successful just by understanding that. I just had like this brain blowing epiphany of like, <laughs> we started the, the episode talking about the current setup in the podcast and like how we started in humble beginnings. And I'm like, you know, if this is what my podcast looks like five years later of me just figuring it out, <laughs> of me deciding I have a passion and a project that I want to do without any compensation and never gotten paid a dime doing podcasting. Mm-hmm. And it's gone this far where I have an actual studio with like, actual setup and guests and things yeah it's like what will another five years do i mean i've done a hundred episodes what will like a thousand episodes be like it's gonna look very different yeah it's gonna look very different. well cheers to that now yeah cheers uh on that note you know i want people to uh be able to reach out to you if they need help with their audio video needs like I was how can people find you and where can they uh, reach out I would love that so our website is enticingmedia.com and that's e-n-t-i-c-e-i-n-g media.com it's the best place to start I'm on social media Facebook LinkedIn Instagram now threads (laughs) if anyone's still doing threads (laughs) And I know it's not Twitter anymore. I think it's X. I'm not really there, so don't find me there. Um, but Nell Tice on all the channels. Cool. So. Thanks, for, thanks so much, and looking forward to doing this again. Yeah, thanks.